I, I think right now we're we're in a spot where where perhaps we're in we're in this kind of uh, trust fatigue. We, we've we've trusted people and they've given us uh, advice that they've then turned their back on. Welcome to another episode of This Catholic Life, conversations about life's ups and downs, big and small, how we deal with every situation imaginable, whatever life throws at us, but still manage to be sensible, practical and joyful. Today's show is about trust, a conversation about whether we can trust the government, companies, uh, anybody at all, in fact. I'm your host, Peter Holmes, and today I'm joined by a trustworthy chap, Tom Goulet. Welcome, Tom. <laughs> Thanks very much, Peter. Good to, good to be back. Good, good. Now, in terms of trust, well, let's let's put it right on the table. We're trusting the internet right now to relay this conversation in a faithful way across many miles. You're on the other side of the That's continent. True. We're also trusting yep. a whole bunch of other things. Like you're trusting our producer to um, render your words fairly and and to make you sound good. Yes, yes. <laughs> Hopefully, and, you can um, make it. I mean, when when I drive somewhere, I'm trusting the mechanics to have produced the, the right uh, materials of good quality, that, that my car is safe. I'm trusting the person. I mean, I don't check the, te- the petrol components every time I put petrol in my car. I just trust that there's petrol in that Bowser. I trust that the machine's going to work when it takes money out of my account and puts it into, into his account. I trust that other drivers at least have some semblance of competence. It wouldn't take much for someone to do something nasty on a road and make things very unpleasant for me. And so while I take a certain amount of care, I'm trusting most people to act with some kind of sanity. There's so much trust in our life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the question is, when we come to not trust things, is it a choice or are we doing so on the basis of evidence? Um, We were talking before we came on air about, at the moment, there's a profound lack of trust in governments, in particular dealing with COVID in terms of their lockdowns and things, and in terms of medical companies um, who are bringing us vaccines or other treatments. And in some respects, we're not trusting people. uh, I've heard about country towns turning away visitors because they didn't trust them when they said they weren't from somewhere with COVID. Mm. There seems to be a kind of an atmosphere of lack of trust. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, this is where where we're at. I think culturally right now, with um, uh, yeah, a, a general lack of trust across across the culture in in a whole myriad of ways, and in some ways that are very very kind of crucial to the good functioning of our society. Do you think it's driven by fear, Tom, or 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 is it something deeper? Well, I think I think the fear runs pretty deep, quite honestly. Uh, I think uh, right. there is just a like a huge uncertainty as to. Um, yeah, how things work. I think I think we often even hold our, our the neighbours, the people right next to us, uh, as being sometimes a little bit untrustworthy, or or we we, we don't foster those, those kinds of relationships that we, we that may have been prevalent in culture and times times gone by. And I think we 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 kind of in a hyper individualised culture where where we view a lot of a lot of things that happen outside outside our very own kind of existence as as lacking in, I don't know, truth or, or dependability or reliability. or Yeah. yeah. There, there seems to be a, an assumption, for example, in Australia, that politicians will lie if it serves their purpose. There yes. seems to be an assumption that companies will lie if they can get money out of you. Uh, there seems to be an assumption that people will lie if it gets them out of trouble. 
there's a basis to it because in some I, I mean I've come across enough I don't know if you I'm sure in Perth you've got completely honest businessmen but I, I have come across <laughs> the occasional person who will tell me a fib just to get me to um to buy something and sometimes it's as Mostly. harmless as that shirt looks great on you <laughs> and other times it's no no the car works fine yeah and we do the normal checks and balances but when it's something that's beyond our capacity to check ourselves we still have to trust someone. For example, um, I can't, I'm not medically trained. I have no idea how to tell how, I mean, I have a general vague, you know, year 12 science idea about how a disease spreads, but I can't tell how a virus spreads. And when someone tells me it can survive on a surface, I look around and go, well, can it? Uh, I don't know. And now they're telling us that it's a much lower risk of catching COVID from a surface than it is from catching mm -hmm. it in the air when someone goes past you. They, they keep changing their advice on this, which makes it very confusing and you don't know who to trust. I, I, I think right now we're, we're in a spot where we're, perhaps we're in, we're in this kind of uh, trust fatigue. We, we've, we've trusted people and they've given us uh, advice that they've then turned their back on or, or they've That's said... That's a really good no, phrase, the trust fatigue thing. Yeah, we, or we, we've, we've, we thought this and now we think that. Or actually, maybe in, particularly in government kind of uh, right now, um, you know, we've got a, a government that actually is pursuing uh, policies that we think are, are wrong or, or even evil for, for various reasons. Um, and so... They change so, their own goals though, Tom. I mean, this is, this is part of the problem. I mean, when we yeah. last year... We had them saying we only need to shut down for three weeks and it'll all be fine again. And then it yes, went longer than that. It went longer than that. And then eventually, when it was fine, the next time they go, oh, we just need to close for this moment and we all fine again. And we're going, no, we, we don't trust you anymore with that. You know, I'm not against lockdowns per se, but this doesn't seem to be working in the way you say it will. Yes, yes. And I think, I mean, we're in, a, we're in. You know, this is this is all very new. No one, no one's really lived through a kind of global pandemic before um we've well, certainly had them before except, in, in except history the but, uh, flu back in except yeah yeah well i certainly wasn't around then so um, <laughs> but uh <laughs> easy easy but, i'm yeah. not quite that old <laughs> yeah no but but i think uh i think it's kind of new um and i think it's uh it's become very easily uh very and very quickly politicized social media the fragmentation of kind of news and uh and uh, what do we call it uh, fake news yes and 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 so uh and we have social media which was you know initially kind of touted as this great kind of game changer and leveler on, on the playing field has really created um silos where people are only going to hear um particular takes on the news let's say um and so we have this kind of huge epistemic gap between me and my neighbour, we can't even agree on some of the, you know, first principles. Um, but is there a reason uh, behind a lack of trust? So, for example, I, uh, I have some friends who profoundly don't trust the police. Now, as a as a general rule, I would say that's that's not terribly helpful because the policeman is different to from each individual policeman. Uh, they, yes. you know, each one has his own level of trustworthiness. Um, they perform a particular function in society. What I am trusting uh, when I deal with the internet or with the police or with any of these institutions is that it's in their own self-interest to be trustworthy, at least in their the function that they're performing. 
So, yes. for example, yep. the drug, I mean, a, a politician I trust to, to do whatever furthers their career, but, but a, um, a pharmaceutical company, for example, knows that this thing's not going away anytime soon. There's many billions of dollars involved in a co- for a company who can be trusted to do the right thing. And if they get yes. caught out once, they're going to miss out on all of that. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think to self-interest is, a, is enough um, for them to drive them to be as honest as possible about anything that's going on. Yes. Yeah, look, and I think, um, I think, I think there's, I mean, that's certainly uh, the case. But I, I, I suppose I think as, 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 as Catholics and as Christians, we, we tend to have a, I mean, hopefully our, our kind of anthropology is, is, is not just based on self-interest, you know, like people are trustworthy. <laughs> they not only do what's in their self-interest, but um, people, people are, you know, despite being fallen, we're, we're still created good. And, uh, and I think that sometimes we, uh, in this culture, talking to, to friends of mine who uh, have grown very um, uh, fatigued in their trusting of the government or other kind of authorities, yeah, I, I think I think there has been a, a real um, loss of of uh, of that kind of underpinning kind of anthropology, let's say, uh, understanding of the person, and, and people have have come to to think that oh maybe these people are just sinister um right and you know maybe the government is pushing all sorts of policy agendas that i think are just uh you know wrong or dangerous. evil or whatever they might be yeah. dangerous now it doesn't help tom you'd have to have to be honest and say it doesn't help that um successive state governments have passed euthanasia laws with very very Yes. light uh, controls on them uh, several states have passed quite rigorous um abortion yes. laws which don't seem to have checks and balances in place and they seem to in some states be pushing for a pushback on religion and religious freedoms yes. and so there's a there's a kind of a feeder to this yeah I, and i think all of these things are, so i'm not really i'm not advocating for some kind of uh just general naivete. Everyone's going to be. Everyone's good, and everyone wants wants what's good and what we think is good. Um, but I, I think, uh, as, as as Catholics, as Christians, our, our what we need to be doing is ex- actually exercising our conscience, um, actually trying to inform ourselves and trying to sift what what what's coming to us and actually read it through the lens of of, of what it, what it is that we've been given. That we also um, need to, just out of charity, we need to give them at least the credibility of saying maybe it's possible that they're not evil. <laughs> maybe they <laughs> want to do something good. Like So we don't just assume, yeah. what's that song? I know he's lying because his mouth is open. Um, or, no, your, <laughs> your lips are moving. That's the one. <laughs> I know you're lying because your lips yeah. are moving. Yep. We don't want yep. to assume that just every single thing. I mean, it's quite a profound thing in the scriptures when someone gets to the stage where you assume that everything is evil that comes out of their mouth and out of their heart. That's when God steps in and destroys, like that's what before the flood kind of stuff, right? Mm. So yep. we have to assume that if God hasn't sent a flood, then we're actually still in the stage where there's still some good in the world and it's a good place. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think about this in, the, in, in, in like my own context. We send our, our kids to the local state school, and uh, and and what we found is that you know what, parents at that school really want the best for their kids. We might actually have different ideas of what the best might be, but generally we're, we're we we line up pretty pretty nicely on a whole range of different things. Maybe not everything, but that then becomes an opportunity to actually talk to people um, to share what it is that I think is 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 
good about life or or what does what is the common good like these these become opportunities yeah these become opportunities to actually talk to people and and talk to them about like real things yeah i mean it, it is a case where um I, I want to come back to charity, though, between human beings. If someone else opens their mouth, even if I've had prior reasons or perhaps current reasons to to not be completely trusting of them, I have to at least allow for the possibility that they mean well and that they actually say telling me the truth. Mm. To I'm very concerned about the attitude that automatically assumes that a certain company or a certain um, government or someone is always evil and always telling us fibs. Yeah, they may be incompetent, but that's a different level of um, question. You know, that it's a very different thing to suggest. Mind you, I have to say most of the conspiracy theories I've heard fall down flat logically because it's simply uh, the effort of organising <laughs> that many people. It hasn't been. <laughs> there's no evidence of that anywhere <laughs> in the world. <laughs> no, like, most certainly. <laughs> well, no, no, look, I. And it doesn't. It doesn't mean that there aren't people of ill will out there. Um, no, but, but the but, effort of organising so many people. <laughs> yeah, it's um, and yeah. keeping it so secret for so long. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. That, that does that does tend to Isn't let the it, air is out. G.K. Chesterton that said. Um, G.K. Chesterton, I think it was the one who said that the surest sign of uh, the church's divine origin is the fact that it survived uh, longer than a week with with its present management. Yeah, something like that. I think it was Chesterton or Belloc, yeah, but yeah, Belloc, that would that makes more sense, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly right. I mean that there there's uh, uh I, I just think, you know, the the conspiracy theories that that we see touted uh, uh around around the traps these days or just generally do tend to uh rely on a kind of a level of, of organization. Um, and like common commitment towards some very sinister ends from a whole raft of people historically over time, which just doesn't seem to um, just boggles the mind, really. It does boggle the mind. And the other thing I'd have to say is what's the motive? Because, for example, this is throwing us off the scent a little bit here, but I remember a, a young man asking me a question in at Sydney Uni when we were doing a Q&A session. He said, is it true that the Pope has um, 666 written on the inside of his tiara? And does this prove that there's a you know an evil conspiracy or something in the world? And I said, I just said, mate, look, if we are as the Catholic Church organising a massive worldwide conspiracy, at least give us the credit that we wouldn't write it on his head, like <laughs> <laughs> that, we, that we're not so stupid as to write it on his head and say, look, everyone, we're doing this. Oh, you would say that, wouldn't you? No. <laughs> Well, I mean, it would have been more convenient for me as a Protestant to believe Pope was the Antichrist because it would have worked out better for me in financial sure. and all sorts of other ways. But um, having said that, my point is, is that, you know, if if someone is in, injecting us with, with rubbish, what's the, what's, the, what's the gain? What's the end game here? What's the possible good that they're hoping to achieve? As Augustine tells us, nobody sets out to just be destructive. They almost always have some sort of good in mind, which unfortunately they're prepared to harm others to get. But in this case, I can't see the harm, um, that, sorry, the good that's being aimed for here. Yeah, look, we, we could we could we could get into it all, but I don't know that it's going uh, to that it does much. it does much for this, no, it does much for this conversation. I think I think we have uh, we do have this kind of like growing trust issue. Um, uh, Particularly, like, like in, in Australia, but 
um, in in our church as well. I think we have yeah. we have uh, whole swaths or communities within within the church that, for whatever reason, have have decided that you know maybe the secular government is is untrustworthy, or maybe even certain bishops are untrustworthy, or even even that particular bishop, Creston White in, in Rome, is untrustworthy. Um, yeah, and, I don't know and, that they're distinguishing between bishops, mate. I, I think that I've, from what I've heard, that people who don't trust the government also don't trust the bishops, also don't trust the Pope. Yeah. The problem I have with that is that if you start from a point of view of distrust, then you've got almost yes. nothing to hold on to. You, you have to build your entire world from scratch. You have to, you can't rely on anybody else. And it's, I don't think that's possible as a human being to live that way. Yeah, I, don't, I certainly don't think it's sustainable. I think um, it, it, it will come crumbling down around you very, very quickly. Perhaps to wrap up this episode, I'll mention that the, the Holmes family motto, and I'm not making this up, I looked it up from history, is fide sed cui vide, which is trust, but in whom take care. In other words, you should trust, but take care who you trust. That is, that's, uh, that's pretty profound. I really like that. And I think that's actually where we need to be as, as Christians in the world. Uh, uh, like we talk about being salt and light and actually how the Christian thing can be a little countercultural at times. Um, and, and often, you know, that's the mission of being prophetic in the world is actually to, to kind of uh, stand up and, and speak to the truth uh, where, where it's actually under threat or whatever else. Yeah. My sense of it is right now um, is a, a moment for, for Catholics and Christians more broadly to really, uh, to kind of mature, like to grow in their faith and to actually uh, exercise their conscience to really weigh things, um, to, to, to trust. We can be careful who we trust and under what circumstances, but, but actually to have that kind of openness to look at things and say, okay, wherever, wherever there is truth, it's the Lord's truth. And that doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter who's speaking it. So there might be, uh, a politician who's pushed through all sorts of, uh, policies and, uh, things that we think are just fundamentally wrong. Um, but you know what? On this, they might be saying the truth, and I need to I need to weigh that. And if they're saying the truth, then I need to kind of, you know, need to support that. Yeah. And I think that that means that we can't just be kind of immature and just kind of reject things out of hand just because, well, that person's been wrong on X, Y, Z. We need to be really discerning, and that's yeah. that's a difficult thing to do. Um, that's the vide part of the sed cui vide. The vide yeah. is to watch. The Latin is literally, but in whom watch. So keep an eye on it. So in other words, I would say that a marriage that didn't trust your, your spouse would be a horrible marriage, but you have to start out trusting. But it doesn't mean to do it uh, at, at your own expense when there's a, a mistakes being made or, or abuse happening. Yep. So w we should begin with the trust that God has placed in government to do their job unless they demonstrate that they are not doing a good job. Um, and in which case yes. we then exercise our rights at the polling booth. Um, we should also yes. trust a, a doctor to do the job that he's trust God's trusted him to do unless he gives us evidence to believe otherwise. And we should trust friends to tell us the truth unless we've, they've given us evidence that they're not. Yes. So. Perhaps that's a good place to, to finish up the episode. Thanks for being on, Tom. Thank you. I trust that you'll be back. Um, <laughs> that's all for this week's podcast. You can join the conversation on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook or Discord. And remember, this is a uniquely Australian Catholic podcast and we trust that you'll get behind the idea. We'll be back next week, but that's all for now. 
Thank you for listening to This Catholic Life. Thank you.